Well, hello. We're here again, and it's a privilege to be with you once again. And uh, I thank you for allowing me to share God's word with you. And uh, it's time that we take a look a little bit at ourselves from understanding it's a blessing that God gives us the privilege to examine ourselves, to look at ourselves. And he helps us to see ourselves. And that's what we want to be able to do a little bit today. And to be able to say, thank you, Lord. You have been a blessing to us in revealing who we really are. I don't know today if many Christians understand that when they accept the Lord Jesus Christ, they come under new management. They are no longer managed by Satan, the God of this world. They no longer really have the right to manage themselves. They are now under the management of the Holy Spirit if they have truly accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have to be willing to surrender our lives to the will of the Holy Spirit in order that we might please God. You and I have to really examine ourselves to see if we really are in the faith, if we really do believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we are truly being led by the Holy Spirit. Many people are struggling with the issue inside. What is it that I really believe? Let me share this with you. You cannot answer what you believe until you can answer who you believe. Because whom you believe will answer what you believe. And you're the only one who can really examine to know what you truly believe and to answer the question, are you really in the faith or are you just a religious person? Are you just going along with a Christian so-called society who, which we are not today? We are not this Christian society that we often say that America is a Christian nation. We are far from it. Now, praise God, there are Christians in this nation who truly stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and who really live a life that honors our Lord and Savior. But we all have to take a closer look today of who we really are. Don't be deceived and don't think you can mock God and get away with it. 
But you have to answer the question, are you really in the faith? Do you really know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you really love him? Because that makes a huge difference. But let's pray. Father, may you guide us in the power of your Holy Spirit. And may you speak to each one of us as we look into your word. Help us, Lord, to seek the understanding that can only come from you and no one else. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'd like for you to go with me to First John and uh, go to chapter 2 and, and verse 3 because there's a very important little verse there that we just need to look at. And then we're going to go over to Second Corinthians chapter 13 and we're going to look at some other verses, Galatians uh, and 6-4. And we're just going to allow Scripture to speak to us. And I pray that you will hear. But while you're hearing, you will ask yourself the question, do I believe this? Do I believe this? And you're the one who has to answer that question, if you believe it. You can hear many things. But that doesn't mean you believe many things. You hear so much, and sometimes it can become confusing because we hear way too much. But when it comes to your eternal destiny, you need to pay more attention. We all do need to pay more attention to it and value it more. So in First John chapter 2 and verse 3, he says, We know that we have come to know him. He says, We know that we have come to know him. We know that. Do you know if you have really come to know the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you really believe in Jesus Christ? Are you obedient to Jesus Christ? Are you being led by his spirit? Do you know for a certainty that you have come to know him? And that's what's important for us to be able to answer. Do I really know the Lord Jesus Christ? And you're the one who has to look at your life and ask the question, does my life honor the Lord Jesus Christ? You have to ask the other question. Am I doing, am I living in such a way that it's in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ? And if you're not living and you're not honoring him and there's no desire to do so, then you are just a religious person, but you're not really saved. We all want to believe in something, but we're all not willing to obey what we believe in. And that is something that you and I have to really consider. If I believe this, am I willing to obey it? 
and to honor it, to live it out for his glory and for his praise. You know, it's strange because people can tell a difference when they no longer go to their old job. When they have taken on a new job, a new position with a new company, they realize they're walking into a different building. They realize they're not going into the same office area or the same manufacturing floor or working at the same machine. They realize there's something different, even to the very fact that they're going to work in a different way because you may be in a different location now. Uh, you have new people around you. The people you used to work with, you no longer work with. You are working with a new group of people. You are learning to accept a different way of working because in this new job, they require something a little different than what was over in your old job. And we can identify all these things that I don't work at the same job that I used to work at. I'm working in a new position, a new job, and you understand that and you recognize it. It's the same way with Christ. If you are in Christ, you have a new job. And you are functioning differently than what you did before when you did not know Christ. And John makes it so clear here again when he says in first John chapter two and verse three, he says, We know. You know when you change jobs. You know when you change locations. You know when you changed office. You know when you're doing something different. And he says, we know this about the Lord. We know if we really believe in him or not. We know if we are really saved or not. We know. Now, we can be ignorant about it. And we can deny it. And we can reject it, but at the same time say, I'm a Christian. Oh, I was saved some years ago. The issue is, what are you doing today? What are you doing today? Are you loving today? Are you obeying him today? Are you living for him today? Not about what used to be today. You're the one who has to answer that question. I have to answer it for myself. We all have to answer that question. Do you really know today, this very moment, that you know, that you know him and he knows you? We know that we have come to know him. Now listen to this. If we obey his commands, Boy, that's a heavy one. If we obey his commands. And that if is one of those areas that 
calls for a stopping and an examining of yourself. Are you obeying God's commands? Are you obeying the commands of Jesus Christ? Nobody else can answer that for you. You have to answer that. But in answering it truthfully allows you to know if you truly do know him or not. Because if you're not obeying his commands, you don't know him. And you may say, well, what gives you the right to say, I don't know him? The scripture. The scripture simply says, if we obey his commands, if we obey, if you don't obey his commands, you don't know him. You don't know him. And he goes on in that verse 4, he said, The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. You're saying you know him, but you don't do what he commands of you. The scripture itself says, you're lying. You're lying. Now, you may want to be popular. You may want to fit in. You may want to be uh, accepted. You may be one of those individuals. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 my family is a Christian family, so I, I know all the right things to say, and I'm going to say yes, and I'm going to say yes, I know him, but I live like the devil, and I, I'm more obedient to the devil and the things of this world than I am to Christ. I run after the things of this world and desire the things of this world more than I run after the word of God and the things of God and wanting to really know him and to know fellow believers who really love him and sticking close to them and somehow valuing, valuing the fellowship of brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, If that person says, I know him, but does not do what he commands, is a liar. I'm not saying that. Scripture is saying that. The Lord is saying that. Why? He's not saying it to embarrass anyone. He's not saying it to upset anyone. He's saying it to bring us to a point to look at ourselves, examine ourselves, and to deal with the truth. Either I am in Christ or I'm out of Christ. I know Christ, I don't know Christ. Either I am living in obedience to the Lord because I love him, or I'm not living in obedience to him because I don't love him. Boy, Pastor, that's 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 a little heavy. Scripture does get heavy because Scripture hits red at all of us. It doesn't give us much room to wiggle around in. Either we're walking the straight and narrow, or we're not. Either we're being obedient, or we're not. And you're the one who has to answer that. Nobody else can look at your life and really say, Oh, you're disobedient, because you can look into my life, and you're going to find some areas that, Yeah, I'm disobedient. But boy, I'm trying to get right where I need to be. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Um, You'll find something. We can look into people's life. We're going to find something. But for most Christians, we find a cesspool 
we find a whole bunch of stuff that just shouldn't be. And what we are lacking or missing in many of our lives is the endeavor or the real enthusiasm of really trying to live a life in obedience to the Holy Spirit who's going to teach us how to live in a manner that pleases the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we find that people have no real concern about getting to church, getting into a prayer meeting, getting into a Bible study, getting with other believers, that they rather be with more of people of the world, their friends, and they rather be with people who drink and party and who commit adultery and fornication, and they're willing to be amongst people who lie and cuss and curse and sleep here and sleep there and are involved in this and involved in that and have no integrity at all or no self-respect at all, then there's something really wrong. I'm not perfect. You're going to find something in my life. But you're also going to discover that there's an individual here who works on understanding the will of God and works on doing the will of God. Sometime I do fall. I'm not perfect. I don't know any man that is other than Jesus Christ. But I love him. And I obey him. And I keep at it. And that's what I want to challenge you to do. Keep at it. Keep looking at your life. Making the corrections. That's the blessing. That's the blessing that we have as Christians. To look at our lives. Examine our lives under the word of God. And then make the correction that God so desire for us to make. And he says, boy, that person who says he is, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in him. God's truth is not in him. There's no desire to know God's truth or to live out God's truth. Being a godly man or a godly woman is not an easy step. But it's a road that we all should put our feet on and then travel it and allow the Holy Spirit to develop us into that which God would desire us to be. Now, Go over with me, if you would, please. 2 Corinthians 13. And look at verse 5. Now, I want you to understand that in this verse 5, he's telling us to do something. And he's telling us to examine ourselves. Take a real good look at yourself. And this is me, too. Not just you. We all have to do that. We all have to take a very good look at ourselves. And one of the ways you do that is by testing your own actions, your own attitudes. 
you don't test them against one another. Because the scripture tells us don't measure ourselves by ourselves. But you test them in light of the knowledge of the word of God that is in you. Now, understand this. You can't test yourself if you don't know the word. One of the reasons Satan will keep you away from the word of God is because it will keep you from making the corrections in your life that God would have you to correct. Satan doesn't want you to know, and therefore Satan allows you to believe exactly what judges that every man saw themselves right in their own eyesight and we're just about there where we see ourselves right in our own eyesight. We don't allow any law or anything else to determine our thinking for us. We want to do it all on our own. And in that process, Satan is the one who is deceiving us because the word of God is not there. And a lot of people who say that they are Christians are not in any Bible study or in this book that they can truly test themselves and challenge themselves. If you're taking calculus or algebra or any type of science, you first usually have to start with a book. And eventually, after you've read so much, studied so much, you're going to have to test yourself. <coughs> Excuse me. You're going to have to test yourself to see if you really know what you say you know. And that's all you're doing with this book. This book is allowing you the privilege of testing yourself. That you might know if you know the one that this book is really talking about and pointing us to. So he says in 2 Corinthians 13, he says, examine yourself. He didn't say examine anyone else. He didn't say take a close look at anybody else. He asked us to really take a good, close look at ourselves. Examine yourself, he says. Look at yourself, because that's where we have to start at. I have to work on me. I have a lovely wife, but I can't really work on her because... I need to work on me. She needs to work on her. And as we work on ourselves, in order to please God, we're going to please each other. We're going to please each other. And that happens in life. It's hard for us as people to take correction from one another. And that's one of the reasons why it's so hard for us to listen to other people. Because even unbeknowing sometimes to people, they are saying things that are hitting at us and causing us to have to really examine ourselves and look at ourselves. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. And they really don't know what they're saying is hitting us, hitting you, hitting someone else. And therefore we avoid 
those conversations and we tried to hide from the truth. Forgetting that when we deal with truth, truth will always set us free from that which we are enslaved to or fighting with or in bondage to. The truth will always set us free. And therefore, God says, or Paul is encouraging us here, examine yourself. To take a good look at yourself, Paul is saying. I want you to really test yourself. Prove yourself. See if you are really walking in the faith that you are declaring. That you are saying you're living by faith and walking by faith. And Paul says now, Really take a good look at that. Because your mouth is saying one thing. And your life and your actions are saying another. And Paul said, examine yourself. And there's a purpose in this examining. He says to see whether you are in the faith. That you can answer your own question. Am I? Truly walking uprightly with the Lord. You can answer that question just by examining yourself with Scripture. will tell you if you are walking uprightly with the Lord or not. It will tell you if you're following after the Lord, if you're running after the Lord. It will tell you if your heart is for the Lord or not. If you will just Take time and examine yourself. A lot of us do like we would like to do in college or in school or any higher course we take. We just like to put an A on the paper. Or we just like to put a B plus on the paper. None of us would put an F on our paper, but we would give ourselves some high marks. And we do that in life. We give ourselves some high marks when we are failing every course in life. And we're trying to cheat our way and lie our way through life. And we're doing everything against God's word. And yet, we're trying to say and get other people to believe that we're a Christian and we don't live nowhere near what the book says we should be living. And Paul says, examine yourself so that you can see whether you are in the faith. You don't have to depend on someone else telling you whether you're out of the faith. You're not walking uprightly with God. This book will tell you. And it will also correct you and bring you to a place of repentance if you're in it. Another reason why Satan don't want us to be in it because it will bring us to a point of repentance. It will show us that our ways are not God's ways. 
and that God's ways really are higher than our ways. And oftentimes we're following Satan rather than following the Lord Jesus Christ or truly following his Holy Spirit. And he says, boy, to see whether you are in the faith, you have to really take a close look at yourself to see if you're really there. And, and, and that's important to do. Uh, we're kidding ourselves thinking that we're going to get into heaven and breaking every rule in this Bible and not living up to anything that's in this Bible. You are deceiving yourself. You are denying the faith that is in this book. And you are trusting in some idol or even in yourself. You are totally being deceived and God will not be mocked. And God is not out to trick you. But you are allowing yourself not to believe because you won't even take a close look at yourself and be honest. The worst deception is self-deception. And when you want to believe a lie, nobody can talk you into the truth or show you the truth because you are hell-bent on believing what Satan has said. And you will not accept this word of God. And this word will set you free from your bondage, from your ills, from your failures. It will cause you to repent and change life. It will change your life. It is something that you have to be willing to do. Go over to 1 Corinthians and uh chapter 11 and we're going to look at verse 28 this is in the communion time but yet look again what Paul is saying before someone takes of the Lord's Supper he is warning them not to take the Lord's Supper unworthily and he does that by simply saying to them look at yourself Examine yourself. And he says <clears throat> in 27, Therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Jesus, his body was beaten on our behalf. His body he suffered in on our behalf. The blood. He shed his blood. Because without the shedding of blood, there would be no repentance of sin. And that body of blood, we sin against. When we don't recognize what he went through. In dealing with our sin. And bringing us into right fellowship with the Father. That we would no more be at enmity with the Father. That we would be his enemy and he would be our enemy. But we would be at peace with one another. You and I have to look at ourselves. And he says, again, unworthy manner 
will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Are you sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord? Because he gave his body on your behalf. He bled for you and for me. He suffered and died that we could be set free of sin. He became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. And yet, we're going to willfully say that we're Christians and we're going to go out here and live an immoral life and a life that's totally against what Scripture and what the Word teaches. And we're going to say we're Christians. Boy, we're sinning against the body and blood of Christ. He says, from that point, he says, a man ought to examine himself. Not anyone else, but himself. Before he takes of the substance, before he takes of those symbolic symbols, the cracker, the wafer, the juice, the wine, before we take of those symbolic things that stand for his body and his blood, we need to really look at ourselves, examine ourselves. And asked ourselves, are we sinning against his body and blood? Are we denying the truth concerning his body and blood? Are we denying that he took our sins upon him? Are we denying that? Are we denying that he has set us free from the sin and the bondage and the death that comes with sin? For the wages of sin is death. See, we can deny him in so many ways. And the scripture says if we deny him, he will also deny us. Never forget that. If we deny him, he will deny us. And he says, therefore, examine yourself. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. Those symbolic things that represent his body and blood. You should first examine yourself, take a good look at yourself, and ask yourself this simple question. Am I worthy of it? And in your mind, if you're not worthy to receive those elements, then don't take it. Because you drink damnation then unto yourself. And when you live outside of the will of God, the known will of God, you bring destruction to your own life. You hurt yourself. 
And he again says then, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Do not, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? That's a powerful statement. Don't you really realize that Christ lives in you? If you've ever said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart, forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Come and be my Lord and Savior. If you've ever prayed such a prayer, what is it that you have lost all sensibility of that? What is it that you no longer honor that prayer of where you have asked God to forgive you? But now you're out wallowing in all the sin that he shed his precious blood for you to be free of. You don't realize that Christ Jesus is in you? I don't know how a person can live and not know Christ is not in them. I can understand the non-believer because he's never prayed, he's never asked Christ to come into his life, so he doesn't know anything different. But the one who says that he's a Christian and desires to live in sin, something's wrong with that. Once you have tasted something, you never forget the taste of it. You're always mindful of that taste. And the scripture says, taste and see how good the Lord is. You're mindful of it. But you're the one who choose to reject it. Now I want you to understand that. You're the one choosing to reject it. And he says, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. Now, if you fail the test, Christ has never been there. He's not there. You may have thought he was there. You may have wanted him to be there. But something didn't really take. And I want to bring this into the subject, if I may. God knows our hearts. And God knows the beginning and ending of all things. God really is the sovereign God. And he knows it all. He knows the day in which you may have came down a church aisle or you may have prayed with an elder or you may have prayed with mom or dad. He knows if your heart was really sincere or if you were just doing something to be doing or to be seen or to mislead people, but you yourself know that nothing really took place. As Matthew says, there are those who will say, Lord, Lord, and Jesus will say, I know you not. Didn't we do this? Didn't we do that? I know you not. 
And for you and I to find ourselves in that kind of a situation would just be horrendous. You need to know for sure for yourself if you really know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you can be talked into it, you can be talked out of it. But what the Holy Spirit does in your life, man cannot take that away from you. And you know it when he convicts you. And he again says, do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now he goes back to himself. We haven't failed the test. We examine ourselves. We've taken the test. We have not failed the test. We know who we know. And we're living for him. We're living for him. And we glorify him. And our goal is to please him. And Paul says, we have not failed the test. And he goes on and he says, in verse 7 of Second Corinthians 13, Now we pray to God that you will not do anything, catch this, anything wrong. Oh, we're praying for you. People can pray for you, but understand this. You're the one who has to make the final decision. You're the one who has to finally act. Mom and dad can pray for you to turn around. Mom and dad can pray for you to correct your life. Mom and dad can pray for you to walk uprightly with the Lord. Mom and dad can pray that you be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mom and dad and friends can pray for you ongoing. But the one who has to act is you. You're the one that has to make the turnaround. You're the one that has to say, I no longer desire to live this way. And make a conscious decision to change. You do. After examining your own life, not after what mom and dad says or uncle says or pastor says or elder says, you have to examine your life and you have to answer. Because you're the only one who's going to give an answer to God. Mom and dad won't answer for you. Pastor won't answer for you. Elders won't answer for you. You are the one that will have to stand before God and give an answer about your life. And you have the freedom now to examine. That's the blessedness of knowing the Lord. That we can examine ourselves, correct ourselves, pass the test. That we can truly say we know him. And we are known of him. And he goes on in that seventh verse. And he said, now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong. Not that people will see that we have stood the test. But that you will do what is right. Who's praying for you? That you will do what? What is right? That you can pass the test. Not us. You. That you can really pass the test. And know. That you 
are in the faith. Uh, Paul comes back and he says, boy, yes, he's right. Even though we may seem to have failed, oh, when, when the world looks at us, it seems like we are doing everything wrong. Why? Because it's contrary to the world, the way the world does things. We do things according to that which is God's will, not Satan's will. Now, understand something. Satan really is the God of this world. And he lays down his laws, his principles, his values. And he teaches them to the unbeliever. And I was once an unbeliever taught by Satan. And there comes a time in life in which if you're going to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, you have to be able to put these things to the test examine them things and if they do not line up with scripture then you have to make the decisions just like I had to make the decision this has to change this has to change this is not right this is wrong and that's what Paul says pray that you would not make the wrong decision but that you would make the right decision and pass the test and he says, again, that we may seem to have failed. And when you do things according to God's will and God's way, the world says, how foolish you are. And, and, and a lot of friends will not understand why you're doing the things that you're doing. And it looks like you're a failure. Because you're honest and you go back in the store and you tell the teller that they gave you too much change. And you need to give that $20 back or that $10 back, that $5 back, because they made the mistake in giving you too much change. The world would say, huh, that's a blessing. Oh, God knew you was going to need it, so you should have just kept it. No, it was wrong. And therefore, you go back and you try to correct that. And you're doing the right thing. And he says in verse 8, For we cannot do anything against the truth. Catch that. We can't do anything against the truth. Old man, did you teach others not to steal, and yet you steal? Did you teach others not to commit adultery, but you commit adultery? See, we can do nothing against the truth. That's why Satan wants to keep you out of the word of God. That's why Satan wants to keep me out of the word of God. Because if we learn truth, we will do it by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. He empowers us to carry out the knowledge of the truth that God now has revealed to us. And you have to be willing to listen and to hear. And that's why you're examining yourself. Am I living in the truth of God's word? And he says, for we cannot do anything against 
the truth. We can't do anything to hurt it, to stop it. It's not going to change for us. But once we know truth, truth empowers us to live a life that is pleasing to God. Now, truth is not going to change for us. If I do the wrong thing, as much as I may want to think I'm right, that's not going to change the truth. I can get upset and I can cuss somebody out. That's not going to change the truth that bitter water and sweet water cannot come out the same faucet. That's not going to change the truth that I should speak the truth in love, not in anger or disappointment. For we cannot do anything against the truth, but only for the truth. I can only do that which is going to help reveal the truth. I can't do anything to stop the truth. But I can sure do things that will help manifest the truth and that others might see it. Now, turn over to Galatians with me just for a moment. And uh, go to chapter 6. And uh, I think it's verse 4 that we want to look at. Galatians 6 and and verse 4. He says, Each one should test his own actions. Test what? Your own behavior, your own standards, your own values, your own way of which you function. You need to test it to see, examine it. Does it live up to this? Does it live up to the scriptures? And he says, each one should test his own actions. Then he can take pride in himself. Oftentimes in the Christian world sometimes, We talk too much against pride. But here God uses the word pride very positively. That you are proud who you are. You're not ashamed of being a Christian. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of Christ. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm not ashamed of his teaching. I'm not ashamed of what he's done in my life. I'm not ashamed of his word, the truth. And he says, each one should test his own action. Are you ashamed to live as a Christian? Are you ashamed to live an obedient life before the Lord Jesus Christ and before a dying world? Are you ashamed to live a life that is pleasing to God at your workplace? Are you ashamed to ask God for help in doing this paperwork or doing whatever you're doing on your job? Are you ashamed to allow people hear you say, help me, Lord. (laughs) Help me, Lord. I need help with this. Are you just so overly confident in yourself that you don't need any help. See, as a Christian, one thing that people need to understand about us 
is that we are totally reliable on the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And people need to see that and hear that. Lord, would you give me the ability to do this? Would you give me the strength to do this? That's the action that he's talking about. Each one should test his own actions. How are you responding to things? Are you responding to those things in a godly manner or ungodly manner? What kind of actions are you taking? Are they godly actions or ungodly actions? Are they godly thoughts or ungodly thoughts? And he is telling us again that we should test our own actions. Then we can take pride in ourselves. When you do the will of God and boy, it comes across, there's a joy on the inside. Not so much that people see it on the outside. And oftentimes people will see your accomplishments and they'll wonder, well, how did you do it? You know, God did it. God did it. And he says, boy, there will be a pride in himself. There's a pride in me that I accomplished what God wanted me to do by his grace, by his strength. I accomplished it. And again in Galatians 6, 4, each one should test his own action. Then he can take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. He can take pride in himself. He's been empowered by God. He's been given an ability by God. He's been strengthened by God to perform. You have been able to do it because this God who says he's an ever-present helper helped you in that moment. And you passed the test because you called upon his name and you asked him for help. Boy, examine yourself. See if you are really in the faith. Test yourself. By your actions, by your attitudes, by how you treat others. Test yourself and see if you are really acting the way Christ would have you to act. And for you to know that you really are in the faith. You can prove it to yourself that you are a believer. You can prove it to yourself. That the Holy Spirit is working in your life. You can prove it to yourself. That your goal in this present life. Is to please the one who died for you. The Lord Jesus Christ. You can prove that. But you are the one. That has to take time. To examine and look carefully at your own life and make corrections.
according to the scriptures. Don't stay out of this book. Get into this book. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Allow him to reveal the things that God wants corrected in your life that you can know that you are in the faith. Father, we thank you and praise you for this time. Thank you for ministering to us. Would you help us, O oh God, to not be frightened by asking questions of ourselves? Help us, Lord, to be able to test ourselves and examine ourselves, that we might pass the test and have pride in who we are as the children of God, as the saints of God. And Lord, we are a peculiar people because we are your people. So would you work in us? And Lord, we'll give you praise and give you all the glory. And if you've never accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not hard. We make it hard. All you have to do is just simply say, Lord, I need you. And that in itself is an examination. That you're being honest with yourself. That you need the Lord to be your Savior, to rescue you, to deliver you. And ask him to come into your heart. And you'll know if he's there or not. You can examine. You can test and you can know. Because life will not be the same. Father, thank you for whoever might pray that prayer of repentance. Who will ever, oh God, examine themselves and say, I need Jesus. Lord, would you answer their prayer and allow them to know that you have taken over their life and they're under new management. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. God bless you. Keep you. May we meet again next week if it's God's privilege. But I want to again just say thank you for the privilege that you give me of just sharing this time. God bless you. Bye.